It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome in to the two-point stance powered by fantasypoints.com what's up everybody i'm brian drake your host for this fine podcast check me out at drake fantasy on twitter again never call it x it's bad branding just stay with twitter hanging and banging with a guy who either needs a nap or a nice tall glass of evan williams it's the managing editor of fantasypoints.com mr joe dolan at fg underscore dolan what's up brother how are you just had just had the former we'll have the latter tonight drake that's the uh <laughs> this is um i just want we want to inform people uh, we normally are going to probably be recording this show uh, our little mini week uh, not a mini weekend preview our little weekend preview on fridays but we're recording it on thursday today so we will not have the thursday night football review for you today uh but the game has already happened by the time you're uh listening to this so if there is like a big piece of news that comes out our apologies it will be covered on the website just not on this particular podcast yeah just go check out you know the fantasy points twitter feed we've got eight bazillion articles over there go to the youtube channel oh i know i publish all (laughs) it's it's oh man it's the the early season drake is wild it really is there's there's a lot going on and there's a lot going on in the NFL, and we'll try to condense it down in this podcast. What we like to do, folks, give you a piece from each game, something from a fantasy perspective that we are curious about and we want to see. Uh, we divvy up all the games. Uh, Joe, we can start with you if you'd like, and you can go Packers visiting the 1-0 and Falcons, a pair of undefeated teams getting it on down in the ATL. Well, what, what first and foremost, let's let's look at injuries because it looks like Aaron Jones and Christian Watson are not going to play in this game, both of whom have missed mm-hmm. practice on both Wednesday and Thursday with hamstring injuries. Uh, A.J. Dillon was unbelievably inefficient last week, um, as A.J. Dillon is wont to be, but he obviously has a lot of value, I would argue, borderline. Eh. Let's, let's say RB2 value because I don't think the Falcons are going to score a whole lot of points, and that is what I'm most interested to see in this game. I I don't know if interested is the right word, Drake, as opposed to scared to see in this game. Arthur Smith keeps getting justified in his boneheadedness because they come out and they play terrible teams and beat them. The Carolina Panthers, I completely underestimated how crappy that receiving core would be without somebody with speed like DJ Chark. Um, Carolina just couldn't move football. Green Bay has a little bit more juice, but no Watson and Jones, they might have trouble moving the football. Is Arthur Smith going to be justified yet again, not giving Drake London and Kyle Pitts targets because he once again is playing against a team that's not going to be able to score points in this game. And it feels like Arthur Smith is almost making this his MO to shut up the fantasy guys. Like, Oh, haha. They they want me to throw the ball to my good players. Well, watch this. It literally like Drake, that's literally what it feels like he's doing. I have Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson. You know, I drafted Algier later as kind of a handcuff to Bijan. Now I'm kind of both. thinking I could start them both. Yeah. Why not? And you look, legit start him as a flex play. Algier looked good. Okay. I'm not gonna like knock Arthur Smith for this isn't like Green Bay giving 
A.J. Dillon, 13 carries for 18 yards when Aaron Jones is popping off five yards a pop, okay? Algier mm-hmm. looked good. So I'm not going to knock Arthur Smith for giving the ball to somebody who, who looked good. I will knock him for giving Mac Hollins more targets than Drake London. That I will. Like, because, you know, I remember Greg Cosell saying something last year. He's like, when, when, when as, as a matter of fact, we were talking about this same exact team. Oh, and he's boy. like, it's not hard to get a player you want to get targets. You design plays for them. Arthur Smith does not do that. And he yeah. doesn't. And at this point, it almost it almost feels spiteful at this point. Drake London ran routes on 91% of the Falcons' plays. He had 6% of their targets. He had a f- 8 out of 5. He finished his PPR receiver 87 on the week. I mean, that is atrocious. Well, I mean... It, it, he fit, finished his PPR receiver infinity. He didn't catch a yeah. pass. <laughs> I mean, like it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. I mean, just dropping goose eggs. When I did a show last year on Sirius, I would do this thing called hate the Drake. And it was the players who basically shit the bed for you every single week. Drake London and Kyle Pitts had their mail forwarded to the hate the Drake list. They were always on it. I mean, the air balls these guys throw up is unbelievable. So, Let's move on from that game. Let's go to another uh, couple of teams that can disappoint as of late. The Raiders are visiting Orchard Park to take on the Bills. So in the last three games, the Bills have played either in the regular season or the playoffs. They have lost to the Zach Wilson-led Jets. They no-showed a playoff home game against the Bengals, where their offense did absolutely nothing. And they needed a fourth-quarter comeback against Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins to win a, uh, a playoff game. Uh, last year. This is ridiculous, Joe. Like, this team, there's some issues with this Bills team. And my thing I'm taking back from this uh, that I want to see from the Bills here, can Josh Allen bounce back? I mean, he's turning the ball over left and right. Get Let's get Stephon Diggs the ball. The Raiders don't have any talent in secondary. Like, I want a bounce back game. I want Gabe Davis to score. Let's get Dalton Kincaid moving down the field. That's what I want to see from this team because it looks broken right now with Ken Dorsey calling these plays. Now, look, I, I don't – I'm not going to sh- shelve all the blame on Josh Allen, but he certainly deserves a really big part of this. And I'm not saying he doesn't care. I'm saying he cares too much. He needs somebody to kick him in the ass. And he needs somebody to say, hey, dude, you can't do it all yourself. And I think Sean McVay has let him get away with some of this stuff. Um, it, it It's problematic to me. I do think, though, that Josh Allen's going to bat, bat – is going to uh, bounce back in this spot because based on our offensive line, defensive line stats, Drake at uh, fantasy points data. And of course it's one week of data, which is a small sample as everybody knows um, it's going to feature a lot of time to throw for Josh Allen. The bills have our third best pass grade of the week, which kind of adjusts for the pass rush vis-a-vis the offensive line. Um, The Raiders sacked Russell Wilson just twice last week and generated a negative 5.7 quarterback pressure rate over expectation. Let me tell you how hard it is to generate negative quarterback pressure rate over expectation, Drake, against Russell Wilson. It should be impossible. Last year, we had Russell Wilson as um, the quarterback who was at fault for the second most sacks in the NFL, uh, meaning personally at fault behind only Justin Fields. So Russell Wilson was sacked twice against the Raiders last week, one of which was his fault. The Raiders still couldn't get after him. Um, I think Josh Allen's going to have time to throw the ball in this game against the, the, the Raiders. And if he struggles against this defense, then we've got some big problems for Buffalo. 
Yeah, there it, there's going to be some talk around the the water cooler if Buffalo drops this game to a one and zero Raiders team. All right, so the Ravens, fresh off a, a victory in Week One, are going to visit a Bengals team that just really looked hapless. Joe, uh, it's going to be their home opener. You can attribute it to a lot of things, and you know maybe it's. They didn't get a lot of time with Joe Burrow in the preseason or the Browns are just yeah. a lot better than we thought. But Ravens coming off a game where they won, they didn't look good. And now they're going to have a couple new running backs here. But good. Lamar looks shaky here. Uh, look, and it's a new offense, okay? So I'm going to give Lamar uh, a, a pretty big leash here. I think a theme from week one. Look at Lamar's stat line and look at Joe. Joe Burrow had a Ryan Leaf stat line in week one. So there's going to be guys who I'm going to give that benefit of the doubt to. Lamar and Joe Burrow are certainly among them. I want to see what the Ravens' offense looks like. Not not just the backfield. Of course, that backfield split's going to be really interesting for fantasy with J.K. Dobbins um, out for the season. I want to see what the Ravens' offense looks like with Mark Andrews in there because it seems like they were they didn't really have a plan or they weren't exactly planning to not have Mark Andrews. You're installing a new offense all off season, right? And the assumption is Mark Andrews is going to be the number one receiver as part of that new offense. And they had very little time to kind of adjust without him. And then they didn't need to show a whole lot. Houston wasn't able to move the football with any sort of consistency. The Ravens sacked CJ Stroud, I believe five times I want to see what that Ravens offense looks like with Mark Andrews, who it appears is trending towards playing at this stage. How about my boy Zay Flowers? Woo! 17 so, PPR points. I got him starting in two leagues as my wide receiver three. People thought I was crazy. So he had a 60% first read target share. Um, but almost half of those were designed plays. And I wonder, this was from Chris Weck, the Fantasy Points data. I wonder how much of those were just simple, get the ball in the hands of a playmaker because we don't have Mark Andrews and we don't have our full-scale offense. So that's another reason I'm excited to see this offense with Andrews. What does Zay Flowers' role look like within that offense? Yeah, if you've got Zay Flowers, get him in there because someone's got to catch passes. We know it's not going to be Gus Edwards. Uh, he has 18 career receptions in five years. So Justice Hill likely taking that you know, role. Justice Hill had just nine yards on eight carries, Drake, but two like two of his carries were stopped by the end zone. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's always hard to use yards per carry in that context when, I mean, you can't go any further than one yard because you're at the goal line. So yeah. I'm going to be really interested to see. I do think it's going to be a split. Yeah, I mean, when you see it, Justice Hill, if you break down it by percentage, it's 67% of their snaps from inside the five-yard line. So mm -hmm. that's a big role. You would think the Gus bus would be an easy play from inside the five, and maybe he will be. Maybe it was – I remember one of the plays where Dobbins got hurt, and I think the next play is when Justice Hill just came right in the game and he he mopped it up, and you know, you see that sometimes. Yeah. So it could just be a, that that was the package that was on the field, and, and Justice Hill fit into that. Let's keep moving along here. The 0-1 Seahawks, who look dreadful on opening day, visit the Lions. So the Lions, we all know, we all saw it. They go into KC, knock off the Chiefs. So really here, what am I looking for? Can you repeat the success you had? You could easily come home. Your fans are going to be going bananas. Hope has never sprung more eternal in Detroit than it has this week. But I want to see the Jameer Gibbs usage. He's got to touch the football more, Joe. Nobody's been a, been a bigger Gibbs guy than you. But 
I want to see him take the next step in this offense. I want to see him in the pass game. I want to see him being the PPR monster that we know he can be. Uh, and, and David Montgomery's good. David Montgomery should get touches, but I want to see Gibbs get a little more. Let's get a little more uh, on the plate of the rookie. Uh, let's see here. This is a quote from uh, Dan Campbell. Uh, the uh, Will Birchfield of 97 won the ticket puts this out and then he this is what he tweeted will lions running back jameer gibbs get more touches week two quote well probably not said dan campbell now that everybody's asking no i had planned on doing it but the more people ask the more i think we ought to just pull back dan campbell we love you quote he finishes we love gibbs yes he's going to get more touches i believe him i completely believe him he's and i was encouraged by what i saw from gibbs in week one that Mm -hmm. was not a game where i'm like oh no you know, that was a game where I'm like, okay, the Lions won. I can't really criticize them. You know, the game flow was different. Kansas City didn't have Kelsey, so Kansas City wasn't half as explosive as we're used to seeing. Maybe that to the, the Chiefs have Kelsey. Gibbs gets 12 to 14 touches in that game. It just was the way the game went. Jameer Gibbs is going to get more touches. I believe Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, ha- Dan Campbell is, is a guy who, when he says something, I listen to it. And I take it to heart because I actually believe him when he says that. That doesn't mean he's going to come out and get 20 touches and David Montgomery is going to get five. Maybe Gibbs gets 10 touches this week as opposed to the the seven he had or whatever he had last week. Uh, I think he had seven carries, two rushes. Yeah, maybe he gets three targets. Maybe he gets four targets. But I think his role is going to increase. I think they absolutely have designs on doing that. If you can find somebody in your league who maybe is a little down, you can go, hey, listen. Uh, you know, Gibbs, he ain't touching the ball a lot. It's Montgomery's backfield. How about you throw him my way? I'll uh, I'll toss you a guy for him. Oh, you know? yeah, Derek Montgomery had 21 carries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't – I don't know if anybody's that dumb, but, hey, somebody probably is out there. I, I'm i going to be working on something here with the uh, with talking about fantasy trades, and trust me, there's a lot of dopes out there. You can get to bite on something like this. You People always say, I wish you were in my league talking about trades like that. Trust me, buddy. Guys in your league are that dumb. All right, let's move it on here, Joe. Colts, Texans. I mean, oof. There's a there's maybe only one interesting thing going on in this game. It's it's your call here, so I'll leave it up to you. What are you What are you looking for with these two juggernauts? Well, I want to I want to see um, Zach Moss in this backfield because if Zach Moss can't put it together, we have plenty of evidence that Deion Jackson is probably not an NFL player. Um, last week. He, he had one of the five best workloads in terms of expected fantasy points. In a league in which I lose two points for a fumble, he scored 1.8 fantasy points. <laughs> I mean, that like, the Jonathan Taylor's agent is going to take that box score and he is going to print it out and fax it to Jim Mersey every hour on the hour. If Zach Moss is going to come in here, by the way, Evan Hull is on IR. Zach Moss is going to come in here, and I think he's going to start. If he plays, he's, he's got the broken arm, but it looks like it's trending in that direction. Mm-hmm. It, it is staggering how many waiver wires he's still on. As a matter of fact, let me look at, at He Yahoo. is owning 29% of Yahoo leagues. That's insane. Um, at the, there are so many, there are so many more speculative backs who are rostered in more leagues. Um, yeah, at, He's now like the number, you know how they have that trending thing. He's number mm-hmm. one in that on, on Yahoo. He should be rostered in every league. Absolutely yeah. every league. Um, As a matter of fact, oh, he's available in one of my leagues. Get him. Uh, I'm I, going I to get him. I a waiver claim on the guy in my biggest league. 
I want to make sure I got him. Yeah. So, uh, well, I actually, my backfield's pretty loaded in this league, Drake. I can, I don't know if I have anybody I can drop for him because I would still rather have Kyron Williams than Zach Moss. But, uh, yeah, Drake, I mean, this is, this is pretty serious here. Um, Zach Moss should be rostered in every league, especially if you need a running back available in over 70% of, of leagues. Get, get out of here. He should be. Let me get your quick thoughts on Anthony Richardson. Now, Richardson, everybody was expecting him to run. He did throw a touchdown pass. It, it really, I mean, this looks like, you know, the kind of a Tim Tebow on steroids. It's you can look back to what Justin Fields was doing a year ago, but I mean, maybe a better passer at this point than, uh, than just sure looks like it to me. Yeah, so if you have Anthony Richardson and you're platooning him with Danny Dimes or Brock Purdy or whoever you got there, I think the upside on Richardson week to week is almost you just got to play him and see what you get. That's kind of the the path you took your team down, selecting him in your draft. It's not even close. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Anthony Richardson, he had six design rush attempts, which was second among all quarterbacks, and he nearly had a second rush touchdown. So, yeah, Anthony Richardson is being used the way you need Anthony Richardson to be used in order for him to be a hammer quarterback one for fantasy. That is exactly the usage you wanted to see from him in week one. All right, let's move it on over to the Chiefs and the Jaguars. The 0-1 Chiefs going on the road. And what I want to see in this game is wide receiver play and wide receiver usage. So, Wide receiver play. We've got to get something out of Sky Moore, okay? I mean, what a joke that was. And Kadarius Tony just played an abysmal game, cost his team the game. Let, let's be honest, having an interception go through his hands and another drop later in the fourth quarter. I wouldn't be shocked if Moore or Tony has a big game this week against the Jaguars. Wouldn't mm. shock me at all. If I'm playing DFS, I'm going to put a lineup with Kadarius Tony in it. I'm going to have all these kind of redeemed team guys from a week ago. And I want to see Christian Kirk get on the field and play a little more. I mean, Christian Kirk really is playing as the third wide receiver. Zay Jones has leapfrogged Christian Kirk. His usage is terrible. He's just basically playing out of the slot. And it is Ridley, who looks like a superstar, Zay Jones. And then, yeah, yeah, here's Christian Kirk. I don't have any confidence starting Kirk in a league. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty surprised. Like, I think we, a lot of us ignored in the fantasy football community, I think a lot of us ignored the fact that Christian Kirk was coming off the field in three wide receiver sets in, mm-hmm. in week one because we're like, why would they do that? You know, Christian Kirk had 90 catches and 1,000 yards receiving last year. Well, that's exactly what happened. Um, here's the other uh, deal with Christian Kirk. The part-time usage obviously is the big concern, but the Chiefs do play more man coverage, which Kirk is better at. But here's the bad news. The man matchup is Trent McDuffie, the second-year corner, who allowed just one reception to Amon Ross St. Brown in his primary coverage last week. As a rookie in 2022, McDuffie didn't allow a single receiver to catch more than three passes or go for over 34 yards in his coverage. Hunter Renfro was both of those. So even if you think Christian Kirk is going to bounce back, he needs to play more on the outside this week in order for that to be a positive matchup for him. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen when Zay Jones a week ago participated in 94% of the Jags routes. That was only second to Kelvin Ridley's 97. Christian Kirk all the way down, only 66% of the routes, 6% of the team targets. We'll see if that improves this week for last year's breakout wide receiver. Uh, let's move it along, Joe. Your game here, Bears Buccaneers. A- another one that maybe just you know inmates should be forced to watch. 
So look, um, this is uh, <laughs> the serious. So I watched JT O'Sullivan do a full breakdown of Justin Fields's game. Uh, have you seen JT O'Sullivan's ch- uh, YouTube channel? No, I'll have to check this out. It's um, the QB school. Um, JT, obviously, in, a guy who played in the league for nine years, knows what he's doing. Um, just eviscerated the Bears on every possible level. Every possible level. Personnel-wise, effort-wise, play calling, and especially Justin Fields-wise. I mean, Justin Fields is is not an NFL passer right now. And he needs to start getting better now. You know, I saw somebody, it was a Bears blogger or, or podcast host, compare Justin Fields' stats to Lamar Jackson's from week one. He's like, which is the guy everybody's freaking out about? Now, you want to talk about a false dichotomy. Lamar Jackson's an MVP. A Lamar Jackson's allowed to have a few rough games here and there. Justin Fields is a guy who is playing for his job. So, of course, Justin Fields having a rough game is going to be criticized more than Lamar Jackson having a rough game. It's going to Lamar Jackson was hammering the Houston Texans. They didn't need him to have a great game. No. The Packers were beating up on the Bears. I need to see Justin. Like, I mean, I hate to say it because, like, it's like Gaper's delay, but Justin Fields is one of the players I'm going to be watching the most uh, in the next few weeks. I mean, DJ Moore, you you moved all Uh, these picks to get him two targets. Come on. I I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, Ridiculous. Uh, I I don't know what else to say. Uh, By the way, it wasn't DJ Moore's fault that he got only two targets. Yeah. And it wasn't Luke Getze's fault that he got only two targets. Let's move it along here. The Chargers, who played, without question, the most entertaining game uh, of the week last week against Miami, they're going to take on the Tennessee Titans. Titans are now down a couple of linemen. DeAndre Hopkins is yet to practice this week. I've seen Traylon Burks is available on a number of waiver wires. He was being dropped this week, so maybe you want to go you know, just revisit your league, see if Burks is available. Might be a nice week for Chiggy to get going. What I want to see here is the Josh Kelly show, okay? Kelly looked really good in the second half once Austin Eckler picked up the ankle injury. We don't know if it's a, a, a regular ankle sprain, a high ankle. If it's a high ankle, that's likely going to cost Eckler multiple yes. weeks. And if you can get Josh Kelly, Josh Kelly will be an RB1 for a month if Austin Eckler's out. And those those injuries, they never Eckler's not practicing overnight. today, by the way. He's not practicing yeah. today. That's what be I want to smart. See. Yeah, be smart. And, you know, Eckler does a lot of fantasy stuff. He was talking to... Uh, I think it was to Matt Harmon about, you know, hey, you should go pick up Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly's still owned in less than 60% of Yahoo leagues. That's ridiculous, folks. Get on the horn, get off your couch, uh, or just stay on your couch and pull out your phone and add Joshua Kelly. All right, let's move it on down to another game. My God, there's some rough ones this week. Giants coming off maybe the most pathetic showing I've ever seen in a nationally televised game are going to travel across the country to play the tanking Cardinals in arizona my god joe i I gave you quite the list of games this week this is horrendous um (laughs) can the cardinals pass rush keep it up uh look they actually jonathan gannon's boys got after sam howell now how much of that was because you're playing sam howell um they actually generated a 12.07 quarterback pressure rate over expectation against sam howell 
last year. Uh, in the lone time that Gannon's defense faced Danny Dimes last year, they sacked him four times. These Cardinals are not as talented as last year's Eagles, nor are they as talented as this year's Cowboys. But the Giants' offensive line is a disaster. It was a massive problem in week one, especially the right side, and Andrew Thomas is dealing with a hamstring injury. Their left tackle, he's their best offensive lineman. I don't care who you're going up against with a, fault, a front that looks like that, your quarterback's going to be under pressure. Now, Daniel Jones has been far better in his career as a favorite than as an underdog. They're favored this week, but this offensive line is a big-time problem. Yeah, boy, it looked bad. Oh, my gosh, for those teams. As an Eagles fan, I mean, did I relish it a little bit? Sure. But then I had to watch the Cowboys win, so it's like this double-edged sword that I, I, I'm not a big fan of. Let's move it along. Boy, is there a bigger story in fantasy this week than the emergence of Brett Whitefield's homeboy, Puka Nakua. If you've listened to anything put out on Fantasy Points over the last month or so, you've probably heard uh, Brett Whitefield talking about Puka, how he's going to be used in maybe a Robert Woods-type role, maybe kind of Debo Samuel-ish. Folks, let me lay some of these numbers on you here. 34.5% of the air yards. This is all from Fantasy Points data. If you're not on there, what are you doing? Stop listening to this podcast, press pause, go sign up for that right now. 15 targets, Joe. 39.5% target percentage. A targets per route run of 0.44. He had nine first read targets. So they're trying to get him the ball. This is a very small route tree that they're throwing to here in Los Angeles. You look at these uh, these teams right here. Between Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, and Puka Nakua, they all ran 90% of the team routes. That's who's on the field. And of those guys, who's going to earn targets? It's Puka Nakua. He's the most athletic. I want to see in this game, can he do it against an elite defense who now has some tape on him? And you know the 49ers are going to be just geared up to stop this kid. Yeah, um, it's a much tougher matchup for Nakua this week. But I'll tell you what, Seattle's secondary is not – it's not bad. It's, as a matter of fact, I think it's pretty good. So Puka Nakua coming out and having that in week number one, it was, I mean, it was in It was Anquan Boldian what he did in week one. Um, a phenomenal job by Puka Nakua. Yes, you know, I'm not trying to come out here and say that Puka Nakua is going to, is going to catch 100 passes this year. I don't think anybody's trying to say that. But if you see a veteran quarterback trust a fifth-round rookie that much and that rookie looked that good in a blowout win, if you don't think that guy deserves to be at the top of the waiver wire, I don't know what, what you're thinking. Like, I, of course, I've seen people poo-pooing it. Oh, he's the new Kevin Ogletree. All right. Yeah, but why? we had the track record of Kevin Ogletree being a bit player. What if this guy just got completely underdrafted? You know? It happens. Like, Nobody was clamoring to draft Cooper happen. Cup. Um, I think Puka Nakua had some Robert Woods in him. He might mm -hmm. have some Cooper Cup in him. There's a lot to like here about this kid. No question. And if Matthew Stafford's healthy, he's going to complete passes. We know that. Everyone keeps asking, you know, can he do it if and when Cooper Cup returns? And if he's going to play on the outside in 73% of his snaps like he did this past week, of course, because, you know, we'll have Cup slide to the inside and play in the slot where he belongs. And then Nakua can play on the outside and be very Robert, like I said, Robert Woodsy in. I don't know if we're making up a term there, but Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell do not command targets. Someone's got to get the ball here uh, in this Rams offense. Who, hey, the Rams look good. I thought they were going to win like one game all year. Maybe that's yeah, the they game, look excellent. but you know, they looked pretty solid. 
There's always a team that looks way worse in week one than you expect, and there's always a team that looks way better in week one than you expect. Um, Maybe the Rams are that, but Stafford played his ass off. The Raiders are the poster child for that. Every year, the Raiders start out like three and one or four and oh, and everyone's like, oh, nobody respected the Raiders coming to the season. And then they, you know, finish the season with four wins. So we'll see if that happens with the Rams. How about this game, Joe? I can't wait to listen to you and Paul Kelly talk about this on Sirius XM. What? Did you intentionally give me like all the shitty games this week? No, I'm giving you a good one here. I'm giving you Jets Cowboys, baby. Come on. Um, you don't think there's going to be something to talk about here with Zach Wilson going up against? I, like, I feel bad for the rush? I feel bad for the kid. Like, could you think of a worse spot for him? Like, uh, I being mean, at, at, a, at a PTA meeting with moms over forty. I mean, that, that's that, a good spot for him. Oh, like, yeah. this is terrible, <laughs> man. Like, I, I, how can you? I don't know how anybody can like sit here. I think Scott Barrett picked the Jets to win. I don't know how you can do that and just be like. I'm just doing it just to do it. Like there is, there is really no explanation you could have for why the Jets are going to win this football game, unless their defense just swallows D- Dak Prescott alive. But on the other hand, Zach Wilson's already going to be swallowed on the other side. I, I mean, this, this, this has a chance to be for a kid whose career is already dangling and has been damaged. This has a chance to be like a complete career ruining type of game. And I know we say that sometimes and we're like, and then it always seems like, Oh, I forgot. He actually plays for an NFL team and NFL teams have good players and good coaches and coaches can scheme around these things. I cannot on any level imagine how any uh, jet offensive coach is getting sleep this week. I just don't know. And they're out there saying the right things. It's Zach Wilson's team. We're not looking to add anybody. Nonsense. I saw Diana Rossini and other insiders saying the Jets are already sniffing around to some uh, veteran quarterbacks. And listen, it, it it's a short week for them. What are they going to do? They, they're not going to you know bring in Carson Wentz or whoever and immediately start him this Sunday. But I want to throw this at you. I've been saying this from the, on high all week. Garrett Wilson. A week or a year ago, excuse me, with Zach Wilson played nine games, 34 receptions, 447 yards, zero touchdowns, less than 50 yards a game, averaged 8.7 fantasy points. I want you folks, if you're a Garrett Wilson owner right now, to go out and sell him and sell other owners in your league because he caught a touchdown pass and everybody who watched the game saw it. And you will say, listen. He can, he's quarterback proof. He just scored a touchdown. You guys saw it. He scored a touchdown with Zach Wilson. He can play with him. No, we can't. And if you don't think people in your league will jump on Garrett Wilson, oh, nobody's going to buy him. Yes, they will because they're down Deontay Johnson. They could be down DeAndre Hopkins. Folks will buy Garrett Wilson. Trust me. I mean, what do you think about that, Joe? I'm reticent to sell him so low, though. You know, like I, I know Hanson's out there trading him for whoever he can get for him. And I just, I instinctively cannot do that. And the reason I can't do that is like based on the Garrett, the Zach Wilson that I saw last year might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL <laughs> and might not even be a decent backup in the NFL. I believe it's Scott Barrett who said the Jets passing yards per game in, in games with Garrett Wilson last year was second to last in the NFL and without him was first. If Garrett Wilson has to get peeled off the turf like a fruit roll-up against the Cowboys in this game. 
they're going to go and sign Joe Flacco or Carson Wentz, or they're going to call Brady. I don't care who else is out there. They're going to get Fitz Magic out of retirement. They're going to get one of them. So I can't sell Garrett Wilson knowing that if here's the deal, if the production is like you outlined with Garrett Wilson, they will move on from, from Zach Wilson this year. If he's at, if Garrett Wilson's averaging eight fantasy points per game, they are going to upgrade on, on Zach Wilson. So that's why I'm not selling him low. Now that doesn't mean maybe they bring in like Carson Wentz and he's not good. Okay. He'll probably be better, but I can't just sell low understanding that if it's as big a disaster as it could be, the Jets are not going to throw away a season of Sauce Gardner's prime. They're not going to throw away a season of Garrett Wilson's prime. They already weren't prepared to do that. They already went out and got Aaron Rodgers and said, we can't take this team into 2023 with Zach Wilson. They've already shown you what they're going to do. So I can't go out there and say, oh, trade Zach Wilson or trade Garrett Wilson. That's the other reason they need to move on from the damn guy. Yes, I, I can't, agree. Because I'm going to get Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson confused. I, I can't trade Garrett Wilson for pennies on the dollar, knowing that the Jets already know they can't win with Zach Wilson. The worst thing is going to be if their defense wins them games. If they become, you know, the Ray Lewis Ravens teams, and now they're winning because they're they're it's a pick six and they're there blocking you a go. punt, and now it's that's like, oh look, the worst case scenario. One. That's the worst case scenario, Drake. That Zach Wilson goes fifteen to twenty five every week, makes a couple of big time throws because he's capable. We know he's capable mm-hmm. of doing that. He's got big time arm talent. Yeah, and here's the part that I find unbelievable doesn't run himself into sacks and doesn't turn the ball over because both of those things he's done with alacrity in the NFL. But that is the worst case scenario. He takes care of the ball. The defense wins them games and they don't have to move the ball offensively. That is the, that, and I guess it's plausible. I just don't think it's happening this week. One of my favorite buy low candidates at running back. And I don't know how low you're actually buying him right now, but it's Javante Williams, and he and the Broncos will host the 1-0 Commanders at 425 on Sunday. Broncos lost to the Raiders. Eh, not a great debut for Sean Payton. Commanders come in with, you know, with a win. Very still not impressed with this offense at all. I love Javante Williams, and what I want to see in this game is, are we going to kind of, you know, we're going to put a little more on his plate, kind of what we talked about with Gibbs earlier in the show. So, He's coming off this bad knee, splits work right down the middle with Samaj P. Ryan, 29 snaps apiece, right? So here's the best part, guys. He ran 12 routes, and he had six targets, okay? Love that. I'm all for it, Joe. If you're going to have a guy go out, and we didn't know if he was even going to play this year, or let alone how much he was going to play, but now he's basically your passing down back. He's like your new Elvin Kamara. Sign me up right here. And you're also going to give him 13 carries. So 13 carries, that's going to go up. Six targets. Let's hope that stays there or goes up. That's elite usage for a running back on a team that's in a division. They got to win a shootout every week in the AFC West. I love it. That's what I want to see the Broncos. They're not going to win shootouts with the way the offense looked, though. Um, Everything was dink and dunk for Russell Wilson. That game, just six drives for each team, which might be the first time that's ever happened. I know Sean Payne and dunk the Javante. In a PBA yeah, well, take it. He, but here's the thing. And by the way, I, I'm with you. I didn't draft enough Javante, but here's the thing. Samaj P. Ryan was good in that role in week one. And Samaj P. Ryan is the exact type of running back that coaches love. 
the guy who's going to go forward, going to catch the ball, he's going to protect, and he's not going to fumble. That's why they signed him. So that's the thing. I think, you know, P. Ryan, if you were drafting P. Ryan, I think that's exactly what you wanted to see from P. Ryan in week one. What, I know we kind of only touched on one thing for each game, but what would you think of Sam Howell and the commander's offense? They did get a win over a, a you know very bad Arizona team. What are we doing? If he plays like that the rest of the year, the commanders are going to draft quarterback or trade for Kyler Murray, one of the two. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it wasn't impressive. Uh, what was impressive, even in a loss, was how the Patriots' defense played against the Eagles. The Eagles came and they looked like a team that had a new offensive and defensive coordinator, but they now go uh, and host the one and O dolphins who just put up points, Joe, like it's going out of style. What a fantasy bonanza they had against the chargers. Yeah. So this nice defense, which is, you know, going to be the backbone of the Patriots welcomes in uh, Tua Waddle who would full practice today. I just saw. And Tyreek, who is trying to score or catch 2,000 yards this year. It's going to be exciting. Ha- I'm not going to deny him the ability to do that. Sure, He might get like it by week seven, the way they throw the Yeah, ball. yeah, the way their uh, tool was awesome in that game. And and that that's the thing that we need to see here. The Chargers defense, I, I think it's becoming very evident that Brandon Staley might be the fakest, sharpest coach in the league. Um, But... The Patriots had a phenomenal game plan last week for Jalen Hurts. And, yeah, you you know, the Eagles come out and they end played in the preseason. We saw that. That was pretty much a theme throughout the league. A lot of big-time quarterbacks did not play well. Um, Two have played very well. I'm really excited to see the chess match on that side of the football. If I have my Dolphins, I'm starting them. I don't care who they're playing against right now. That, like, not you're not benching Tyreek Hill anyway. I don't care – they could be playing the 85 Bears and the Steel Curtain Steelers at the same time, and you're not benching Tyreek Hill at this point. But it's not like I'm giving fantasy advice by saying, oh, start Tyreek Hill. It's what what I, I am excited to see is can Tua continue that with a you – know, I don't need him to throw for 450, but can he throw for 275 and a couple of touchdowns against a defense that played really well last week? I'm really excited to watch this game in primetime because I think this is – this that Patriots team, by the way, I thought Bill O'Brien called an exceptional football game against the Eagles. They played with tempo. They kept the Eagles off off balance. If the Patriots are going to be a high-paced team, this is going to be good fantasy games regardless of how good their defense is. We got a pair of Monday nighters, the first of which Saints-Panthers. There's not much I'm excited about looking at the Panthers. Really, there's not a whole lot I'm excited about with this game. So if I'm going to pick something from it, I want to see how this Saints offense continues to distribute their passes. Chris Olave had 10 targets. Michael Thomas, remember him? He had eight targets, caught five for 61. And Rashid Shahid, who's another guy available in way too many waiver wires, went five for 89 and touchdown. I want to see how they spread the ball out. If Michael Thomas can actually be a weekly thing in fantasy, maybe if you're in a deep league, maybe you know, 14, 16 teams, Michael Thomas could be a guy you plug in there and start. And is Rashid Shahid and every week, maybe a flex option if you're out there? Because if a guy's going to get five for 89 and score every couple of weeks, I mean, that's pretty good in fantasy football. Chris Olave, we know he's always in your lineup. Yeah, he's going to be he's going to be really good. Can the Saints actually finish a damn drive? continuing with the Derek Carr theme. The guy throws for 300 yards, and every time he gets in the red zone, the guy turns into Zach Wilson. Oh, he's the worst red zone quarterback in history. It is remarkable, Drake. Uh, I'd be giving Jamal Williams another go this week. Um, 
obviously the Panthers run defense was atrocious uh, against the Falcons who might have the best run game in football. Um, but Jamal Williams got the bell cow role. This is why you drafted him to play him in weeks in which Alvin Kamara is out. I would go back to the well with Jamal Williams this week. 18 for 45 doesn't instill a lot of, uh, you know, hope, but Hey, we'll see what happens this week. Joe, the final game on the docket is yours. The second Monday nighter an 8-15 kickoff Eastern between the Browns, who just looked phenomenal defensively, especially against oh, the Bears. Okay, I'm glad you put that qualifier in there. Yeah, again, and they go, and they're going to take on the Steelers, who will be without Deontay Johnson. He's going to be down for uh, at least a month, it looks like, with a hamstring issue. I went and scooped up some Allen Robinson on my waiver wire. I think oh, Kelvin Austin's fun. a better player. But I don't trust Matt Canada at all, so I think that he's going to donkey it up and give Allen Robinson some touches. The, uh, the the answer to Najee Harris versus Jalen Warren was no. The Steelers mm-hmm. just had no opportunities to to get going. Well, no, no, no. Let's put it this way: they had opportunities. Kenny Pickett just didn't take them. And this is this is where we're going back to. And I think everybody is going. To, nobody is going to watch this game with a level head on Monday night um, because <laughs> just start drinking. You know how we t- discussed earlier. Oh, you know, why is everybody freaking out about Justin Fields and Lam- and not Lamar Jackson? Because we've seen Lamar Jackson be good, and we haven't seen Justin Fields be good. These are two quarterbacks now who, in general, with the exception of preseason for Kenny Pickett, and yes, I understand the Steelers could have had the level worst matchup they could have possibly had coming off a good preseason. These are two quarterbacks now who have not looked good in their current uniforms at all. I mean, I get, there's been some flashes from picking, and I guess Watson makes some plays with his legs. Mm-hmm. Watson's got the weather excuse. Pickett's got the excuse to play in the 49ers. But you know what? At some point, you got to play a good defense and not completely shit yourself. And Pickett yeah. shat himself last week. Oh, he, he mean, was th- terrible. Th- there were throws. Deontay Johnson should have had 100 yards and a touchdown in the first half. In the first half of that game. And Pickett was just atrocious. So... We need to see if this – this. I don't need them to, to blow it up. I need the Steelers to look like a functional NFL offense. And honestly, same thing with the Browns. Look like a functional NFL offense when Nick Chubb isn't bailing you out. Yeah, Nick Chubb goes 18 for 106. This is an offense, though, in Cleveland that was only 4 of 14 on third down, uh, even gaining 350 yards. And that's yards. a Deshaun problem. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be able to sustain drives, and you've got to be better than that if you want to win, especially in a really tough AFC. Well, Joe, we did it. We cruised around the league. We did it under 45 minutes. Uh, I I think, you know, the ice cubes haven't quite melted yet in your rocks glass, so you'll be ready to go once we uh, click end to this podcast. Oh, I I should be, Drake. I am. uh, Remember, we're recording this Thursday. You're listening to it Friday. I'm looking forward to it. As we, I just got bombarded with more stuff that I need to edit and post while you're on the podcast. So I got to get going, Drake. Thanks for uh, hustling through it quick. I like these previews. Let's focus on one big thing and then uh, we'll head into the weekend. All right, folks, if you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you're subscribed to that Fantasy Points podcast feed. Leave us a nice five-star review on iTunes. Go over to that YouTube page, youtube.com slash fantasypoints, and click that subscribe button. Hey, it's free. Everybody loves something for free. You're going to get a ton of great content. For Mr. Dolan, I'm Drake. We'll see you next time in the Two Points Dance. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points podcast. 
Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Oh,